Welcome to the Vintage Church NOLA podcast. Vintage Church is a multi-church, multi-city movement of truth, love, and community. For information, visit vintagechurchmovement.com. Here is this week's message. Good morning. Welcome to Vintage Church. Thank you so much for tuning in with us uh, today online. My name is Matthew Weaver. I serve here as one of the pastors at Vintage. Hey, hope you had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We are now officially in 2021, and we are so glad that you've chosen to kick off the new year with us. And I'm excited uh, to bring the word to you today and hopefully encourage you from God's word. Um, if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 in the New Testament. And uh, while you're turning there, we are in this two-week New Year series called Heavy to Light. Heavy to Light. And last week, Nick Perrette, our Generations Director, kicked this off, did a great job um, th- that last Sunday of 2020, just talking about the reality of how heavy 2020 has been, how difficult a year it has been. And uh, for many different people in many different ways, all the things that have happened has impacted us, and it's been a tough, heavy, difficult year. And so Nick, last week, did a great job talking about we need to acknowledge that it has been a heavy year. Uh, We need to acknowledge that we are tired, that we are weary, we are burdened, and we need to take those burdens to Jesus. We need to be honest with Jesus and take our heaviness to Him and be real with Him. And today we're going to kind of go a step further, and we're going to talk about when we come to Jesus with our heaviness, that Jesus actually takes our burdens and makes them light. He takes our tiredness, our weariness, our terrible year that many of us have had, and when we come to Him, He does things that only He can do, and He gives uh, gives us peace and direction and guidance and makes our heaviness turn and feel lighter. And so what I want to do this morning is focus on that word, light. Light. Because if we're being honest, right, we needed to talk about heaviness last week because that's the state that many of us are in. We need to acknowledge that, but we don't want to stay in that place, right? We want to not stay in a state of heaviness. We want to to depend on Jesus and allow Him to give us the strength that only He can give us. And the mindset and the perspective that we want as we kick off a brand new year, 2021. So we're going to talk about this word, light. A light burden. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Jesus says this, he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so Jesus is talking here. Let me just give us a little bit of context before we continue that Jesus now is he's in his ministry throughout this chapter in the book of Matthew. He's He's, uh, he's done miracles. He's been teaching about the kingdom of God. He's, he's called his disciples to follow him and walk with him. And he's actually come out of all of these different cities that actually rejected his message. And they rejected his message because, because of heavy religion and pride and arrogance. 
And so Jesus continues to move. And John the Baptist, if you remember us talking about John the Baptist in our uh, prepare series over the holidays, John the Baptist is actually in prison right now. Remember, John the Baptist was the guy who came to prepare the way for the Messiah. He came to preach about the Messiah that was to come. And John the Baptist was thrown in prison because of that. And he's in prison right now as we're reading this chapter. And remember, previously, John actually baptized Jesus. He saw Jesus. But, but later on, time went on, right? And John continued to proclaim this gospel and got thrown in prison. And so John is actually hearing about the works of Jesus outside of the prison cell. He's hearing about different things. People in the prison are speaking about this Messiah and John has kind of a moment of questioning and doubt. He says, hey, he grabs his disciples. He says, hey, go and make sure that this guy that I keep hearing about is actually the one that I baptized, right? He's actually the Messiah. And so John's disciples go out, and they go and find Jesus. Jesus approaches them, and Jesus begins to teach them, his own disciples and a large crowd, about what it looks like to come to him what it looks like to escape this religious burden and legalism that all of them were dealing with, the pressure, and what it looks like to abide in Christ as he carries their burdens for them. Jesus prays to his Father in this chapter. He prays to his Father in front of this crowd, modeling his divinity and his dependence on the Father, and then he invites them in to follow him and rest in him. And Jesus teaches us here how we can embrace him so that our burdens can feel lighter as he carries them for us. So here's the question I want to ask this morning. If you're taking notes, write this down. This is where we're heading this morning. The question is, how can our burdens go from heavy to light? How can our burdens go from heavy to light? Remember, we all have burdens, all of us. We're all carrying something, we're all tired, we're all weary, we all have something weighing us down. We have to acknowledge that, and we have to come to Jesus trusting that He can make those things lighter as He does what only He can do. So how can we do this? I want to give you three things from the text. Number one is this. Bring your burdens to Jesus first. Bring your burdens to Jesus first. First, look at verse 28. Nick really preached on this verse last week, but I want to make sure we pick up in that verse before we continue. Verse 28 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Bring your burdens to Jesus first. Jesus says, Come to me. Come to me. He invites his tired, burdened, weary audience in to embrace him and not be bound by the law and religion and the pressures of the law, but to embrace this new covenant that's found in him. Now, if we're being honest, when we talk about bringing our burdens to Jesus first, um, the truth is there's a lot of places, a lot of people, a lot of things that we go to first before Jesus with our burdens. And all of these things in themselves are not bad things, okay? But the key here is come to Jesus before anything else. Okay, maybe you go to your family first. Like some of you have uh, people in your family that you trust, that you go to. Maybe it's your, your spouse. Uh, maybe it's one of your parents. Maybe it's your sibling. 
Maybe it's one of your grandparents. Maybe it is one of your cousins, your aunt, your uncle, all these people that we're so thankful for that we have in our family units. But maybe we go to them before we even voice a prayer to God. Maybe it's your friends, right? Uh, your, your close friends. And, and we're so thankful for friends. We need community so much. But maybe you go to your friends before you pray to God. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's all the things that you pursue, the way that you make money. You, you try to fill your burdens and your tiredness with your success at your work and your job before you go to Jesus. Maybe it's your goals, your dreams, and your ambitions. And God wants us to dream. God wants us to have ambitions. God wants us to set goals. We're in a new year, right? We always set new goals. But if we're just doing all those things apart from Jesus, it's not going to work. Maybe, uh, as Nick talked about, maybe it's social media. And you're feeling tired, you're feeling worn out, you've had a bad day, you've got some burdens, 2020's beat you down, and you post something and you're trying to get attention on social media. How many likes can I get? How many comments can I get? How many views can I get? How many shares? All of these things that give us uh, immediate satisfaction, but do not feel the vo- fill the void that only Jesus can fill. Maybe it's something, maybe you're addicted to something today. And, and the weights of 2020 cause you to run to things that don't please God. You're, you're addicted to something. It could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be sex. It could be spending too much money. All of these things, your identity is getting wrapped up in other things. And Jesus says, Come to me first. Bring your burdens to me before anything else. Here's a question I want you to think about. What if the first thing we did with our burdens was take them to Jesus in prayer and dependence? What if the first thing we did before anything else, something happens, we immediately go to prayer? Immediately go to God? before anything else. Like I said, all these other things are not bad in themselves, but if going to God is an afterthought for us, we need to challenge ourselves in that, bringing our burdens to Jesus first. You know, and this does not look pretty. I love reading the Psalms. You know, you know why I love the Psalms? Because when I read through the Psalms, I see people that are broken and tired and weary and struggling, and they're being honest with God about it. They're being honest with God with their struggles. And it's messy. And my encouragement for us would be, as we bring our burdens to Jesus first, we can be completely honest with him. He meets us in our struggle, and he wants us to bring our mess to him, depending on him. Bring your burdens to Jesus first. Number two is this. As you bring your burdens to Jesus first, number two, let Jesus do the hard work for you. Let Jesus do the hard work for you. Look at verse 29 of Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So yes, we have to come to Jesus, but then Jesus says, You have to take from me. We come to him, and then we take from him. What are we taking from Jesus? This taking from Jesus, guys, looks like a pursuit of Jesus. We don't just sit around and like, you know, hope that Jesus helps us without us doing anything, right? 
We actually have to go to him, pursue him, seek his face, and cry out to him. And as we do that, Jesus meets us in our struggle, and he does the hard work for us. Jesus talks about a yoke. We have a picture we're going to show on the screen of a yoke. And, and the yoke in this time period, right, that yoke is that, that wooden frame that would often rest between two animals, um, often two oxen that would be carrying something really heavy as they're working the fields and carrying stuff. And, and Jesus, this audience would know exactly what the yoke is, okay? The yoke is the connecting point. Um, it keeps these animals together and steady and strong and, and helps carry the heavy weight behind them. And Jesus says to this audience in, in the book of Matthew, as they are struggling with a heavy subjection to the law and religion, Jesus says, hey, let, let me take that heavy subjection for you. You take my yoke as you abide in me. I am going to carry this weight for you. And we know that Jesus, right, when he came, um, he didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. Jesus did everything that the Old Testament prophesied about, and he completed what we could not complete on our own. And he made a way for us to have life and freedom in him. When we take his yoke, he does the hard work for us. He connects. He keeps us strong. He keeps us stable taking his yoke. I, there's a few things we can learn about this, and I like this because the text begins to teach us what we're going to experience when we let Jesus do the hard work for us. So taking his yoke leads to a few things here. Number one, understanding and inspiration. When you take the yoke of Jesus, right, you begin to have understanding and inspiration. Jesus says in the text, learn from me. He says, take my yoke and then learn from me. Jesus is our great teacher. He models what this looks like for us. He's our example. He teaches us how to live the Christ life. He, he came and, and demonstrated the life that we all pursue and strive after. And we are not left on our own. Jesus comes and teaches us. And as we learn from him, we have understanding on how to live for him. And then we're inspired to live from him. It doesn't just stay inside of us, it comes out. Secondly, when we take his yoke, it leads to humility and dependence. Humility and dependence. The text says, take my yoke because I am gentle and lowly in heart. And, and this phrase, gentle and lowly in heart, literally means humble. Humble. Think about it. Jesus was humble. Jesus is fully God, and he was fully man. He is completely God. He's completely victorious. Yet, in that victory, in that power, in that glory, he humbled himself to the point of being a baby. That's the Christmas story that we just celebrated, that incarnation of Jesus, right? He humbled himself to walk a life that we walk and to... to fulfill the mission and the life and the plan that the Father had for him that did not look pretty at all, by the way. It wasn't glamorous at all. Um, it was actually uh, very difficult, and he was mocked. He was betrayed. He was made fun of. People denied him. People left him. And then he came to the cross. He died the most horrific death you could ever imagine. He died. 
and then he rose again. But the victory of Jesus is not near as powerful at all without the humility of Jesus. If Jesus was humble, how much more should we be humble? And as we see his humility, we're brought to our knees to depend on him. Uh, The book, Gentle and Lowly, that Nick also quoted last week, I love uh, from page 20, there's there's a couple sentences I want to read to you. The author says this about gentle and lowly in heart. The author says, The point in saying that Jesus is lowly is that he is accessible. For all his resplendent glory and dazzling holiness, his supreme uniqueness and otherness, no one in human history has ever been more approachable than Jesus Christ. The minimum bar to be enfolded into the embrace of Jesus is simply open yourself to him. It's all that he needs. Jesus says, come to me. Then he says, take my yoke. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. Humility and dependence. And the third thing here about taking his yoke is that it leads to present and eternal rest. He says, if you take my yoke and come to me, I will give you rest for your souls. Now look, this rest is not necessarily talking about physical rest. Um, You know, I think as we enter 2021, we're all really tired from 2020. Maybe you want to sleep better. Maybe you want to exercise more. You want to eat better. You want to take care of yourself physically. Yes, you should do those things, by the way. But what this is referring to is a spiritual rest, an inward rest, that your heart does no longer have to be um, unsteady and and uneasy and anxious and fearful, but when you come to Jesus and take his yoke and let him do the hard work for you, he gives your soul rest. He gives you peace when your circumstances are chaotic. He meets you in your struggle and gives you peace that surpasses all understanding in this life and in the life to come. Because if you're not at rest inwardly, you're most likely not at rest outwardly. So let Jesus do the hard work for you. Take his yoke. And when you take his yoke, you partake in all of who Jesus is. And you let him do the hard work for you. You know, first of all, I want to say before we move on is that if you don't know Jesus Christ, you can't experience this this life I'm talking about. And so if you're watching right now and you're like, man, I don't know Christ. Like this is This sounds compelling. This sounds like something I need, especially with how tired I may be. I do need rest. I would encourage you, I'm going to talk about it at the end of today's sermon, but give your life to Jesus and and step into the life and the rest and the peace that he gives you. Maybe you're a Christian watching, and, and right now all these things sound awesome, but it's easier said than done, right? And the reality is that that is true, is that We are actually in a spiritual battle. And you can't let Jesus do the hard work for you until you acknowledge your need for him in the middle of the battle. There's a spiritual war happening all around us. Ephesians 6 says, put on the armor of God. As you put on the armor of God, Jesus begins to intervene, show up and show out on your behalf, and he gives you victory. But you've got to Seek him in the battle first. I think about this, this picture. It's going to be on the screen. There's a picture that in my room growing up, I had hanging on my wall. My parents had this picture in my room as a kid. 
And it's a picture of, as you see there, of a father praying for his son as his son is sleeping. The son is young, he's, he's, he's holding his teddy bear, right? And the father's kneeling down at the bed, praying over his son. And at the bottom you see a little caption that says, Spiritual Warfare. And in the window of the picture, you see a darkness trying to get into the window. But as the darkness is trying to get in, you see a great light blocking the window. And I think about this picture. And, you know, as a kid, you don't think about this stuff. You don't quite understand everything. But the older you get, the more you walk with the Lord, the more you see what things like this mean. As, as a father prays for his son, as parents pray for their children, and, and usher in the, the Holy Spirit and the presence of God, Jesus shows up and fights our battles for us. But there's, there's this reality, everybody, that we are hitting our knees before him first. And we are saying, God, we can't do anything apart from you. Meet us where we are. And we claim the victory in Jesus' name. And I'm convinced that the prayers of my parents the prayers of my family, uh, the prayers of, of people I grew up with at church, the prayers of mentors and friends, and even people here at Vintage. I'm convinced that those prayers have molded and shaped who I have become today and who I continue to become because Jesus is intervening through our prayers. And he's doing what only he can do. In our weakness, he is strong. He's helping us. I also think about, you know, working out, you know, when I think about Jesus doing the hard work for us. Like, I don't really like working out, uh, but I do because I know I need to. And uh, a lot of us here at Vintage, we work out at Bratton's Sports Performance, right? Shout out to Nick Bratton and his team uh, over here in Harahan River Ridge area. They have a gym, and uh, Nick is a Vintage partner here, and our staff works out together, and a lot of us uh, from Vintage work out. And I much prefer cardio. That's just the way that I'm wired, but I know that I need to uh, I need to work out because I don't want to just, you know, I want to get stronger. I want to be healthy. And there's often times when I'm working out and, and, and the coach is adding more weight. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this, man. Can you just, can we pass on that today? And uh, they add the weight. Maybe it's bench press, right? And I get ready to do a bench press and I'm about to lift a weight that I've never lifted before. And I'm taking a deep breath and I'm about to do it. I get the bar, right? I go down and I'm trying to make my way back up. And about halfway through that rep of trying to come up, I get stuck. Um, I can't lift it. I don't know where to go. And I really, I really, you know, good thing I don't drop it because that would hurt. That would fall on me. But the coach is standing right behind me. The coach is spotting me. And the coach helps me lift it all the way up to finish. And I have help. And I know that with my coach spotting me, I'm safe. I'm going to get the weight lifted. I'm going to finish the rep. And Jesus is the same way. He's not going to leave us hanging. He's going to do the hard lifting for us. But we've got to do our part too. As we do our part, He helps us finish and complete. And He's faithful. So that's the second thing. The third thing, okay, don't just come to Jesus first with your burdens. Don't just let Him do the hard work for you. But number three, and lastly, believe and live like Jesus' ways are best for us. Believe and live like Jesus' ways are best for us. Verse 30, Jesus says this, For my yoke is easy, and my burden 
is light. He's talked about all the things that we need to do. We need to come to him. We need to take from him. We need to pursue him. We need to depend on him, bring our burdens to him. And then we need to just rest and trust that Jesus' ways are better than our ways. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. It doesn't mean life is easy. It doesn't mean circumstances are easy. But it means in the tough circumstances, if we do it God's way, he's with us. He's working something bigger than we can see. And he's not going to let us down. One commentary says this about this idea. He says, Jesus does not release his disciples from burdens, just as he did not escape the burdens of human life in his own incarnation. Illness and calamity and tragedy all remain a part of this fallen world until the final renewal. But for those in the kingdom of heaven, there is a promise of Jesus' sustaining help as we carry his yoke of discipleship. Jesus' demands are a yoke that is easy to bear and a burden that is light to carry. Because in the coming of the kingdom and the inauguration of the new covenant, his spirit provides the same strength to carry the load that Jesus himself relied upon to carry his own load of redemptive service to humanity. In other words, the same spirit and power and presence and Holy Spirit that sustained Jesus throughout his ministry And just think of everything he went through. The same power and perspective and presence that sustained him in his journey to the cross is the same spirit and power and presence that sustains you and me in our journey. It's the same power. 1 John 5, verses 3-5 through says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And don't miss this verse. And his commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it? that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. His commandments are not burdensome. One commentary also says that God's love in his people gives them the desire to love and please him, so with eagerness they keep his commandments. Rightly understood and followed, God's commandments bring believers joy and freedom, not a sense of oppression. God's way to life is better than our way. God's commandments are not burdensome. They're life-giving. We are free in Christ. Okay, maybe you're thinking, this is awesome, Pastor Weaver. This sounds very cool, but um, maybe you're struggling with Christianity. Maybe you're new to Christianity. You're checking this out, and you're like, hey, isn't Christianity just a list of do's and don'ts? And as you read the Bible and you see the bigger picture of everything, you see that the answer is no. You see that Jesus came and he came to give us a life. And if we put our faith and trust in him, we are no longer bound to sin, death, and hell. And our mistakes and our sins and our past and our regrets and all the things that we're tempted to give into that do not give us lasting satisfaction. 
Jesus frees us from being identified with those things. And he gives us life in him, freedom in him, that we don't have to just fall into the pressures of the world and sin and darkness. We've overcome it. And so as you follow Jesus, if you know him, and you live in his commandments, and you do things the way that he has set them up to be done, you do not experience anything but life, joy, freedom, and satisfaction in him. I promise you that Jesus knows best, and he has set things up the way he has to follow him for a reason. Because he knows that it leads to true peace and life, and one day, as we see him face to face, we'll be reminded that it was so worth it. I think about speed limits, okay? I think about Jesus setting things up, his commandments, following him, doing things to obey him the way that he desires us to. Um, He has done these for our good, right? I think about speed limits, okay? Um, You guys know that speed limits are not suggestions. (laughs) They're actually meant to be followed, right? And we all laugh at that right now because we all eventually speed and do something crazy on the road. Um, But all of us complain about speed limits. I mean, don't we? We complain about uh, something that's too slow. We complain when it's too fast and people are flying by us on the interstate. We complain when we can't make that U-turn, like in New Orleans down here. It's so annoying, the whole left turn deal. Why can't we just turn left, right? Uh, We complain about traffic lights and all of these things. We have to wait. We have to do all these things with driving. And sometimes we get so frustrated with all the things on the road to keep us safe, right? And I think about it, but what would it be like if all those were taken away? Like, what would it, it's already crazy enough, right? There's already enough crazy drivers on the road. What if all of that was taken away and it was free for all? Can you imagine how destructive and dangerous that would be? Uh, that would not be very good, you know? We would, uh, we would be scared to death to just go drive down the street. But all of these are set in place for our good. They protect us. They give us instruction. They give us guidance. They keep us from, from crazy things and all of that. And these are things that we might not always enjoy, but we know that they are for our good and safety. And we've got to follow these laws and these regulations if we want to be safe. And Jesus is the same way. We might not always understand what he calls us to do. We have to trust him that he knows best, and he's working for our good. And this isn't always easy. As we begin 2021, it's a new opportunity. It's a new year. It's a new perspective. And my challenge for us would be step into this year just taking one step closer to Jesus. Don't get so overwhelmed with all the things you're doing wrong and this and that. Why don't you just take one step of growth towards Jesus? Every time you do that, you're empowered to then do it again. You get You get more closer to Jesus and walking with him. I think about, for example, my first sermon that I probably preached in college. I'm pretty sure it wasn't good. I'm sure a lot of people were asleep or confused by my notes or not following along. But hopefully today, hopefully, hopefully, uh, maybe it's just me, but hopefully we would say that maybe I've gotten a little bit more comfortable and confident in preaching because I've done it over and over now. I've had practice, right? It's the same way with sports and anything that you do, you get more, more confident as you do it. One step closer to Jesus. One day, one step at a time. 
Are we living in the reality that Jesus' ways are best for us? Pastor Dustin says this a lot, and I really, every time he says it, it hits me so hard. He says, God always has our best in mind. God always has our best in mind. Now, let's just be honest for just a minute before we wrap up. We look at a year like 2020 that we just finished. We look at a pandemic that we're still in. We look at financial loss, and you've lost loved ones maybe. You've lost things that you have. We, we think about the political division. We think about the racism. We think about all the things that have just made this year what it, what it was. And we look at it, and we're like, God has our best in mind. But I think what, what God wants to teach us here is that even when we don't see what God is doing, He is working. We don't see what he's doing in the moment, but it's not often until 10 years later we look back on our lives and we see what God was doing in our circumstances. I cannot tell you what God is doing right now. I'm not God. I can't tell you why you're going through what you're going through. I can't tell you why you've experienced what you've experienced. God grieves with us in our pain. But through our pain and our struggle, God says, if you would just lean into me and depend on me, I see the bigger picture Trust in me. Through your pain, I'll be faithful with you. Who knows what God has been doing through all of this? I don't know. But I do know some people have given their lives to Jesus. Some people have had their worlds rocked and realized their need for Jesus. Some people have witnessed to people about Jesus. Some have come running back to the Lord. But there's also pain. But what Jesus says is, even in your heaviness, don't try to figure it all out. Come to me. Bring your burdens to Jesus first. Let him do the hard work for you. And believe and live like he knows best. And if you continue to do that, you can look back five, two, five, ten years from now. I know in my life, I don't get it in the moment. But later on, I often see that God was doing something in my life, and in the moments that were tough, he was wanting me to seek him with everything I have so that my burdens can go from heavy to light as he carries them for me. So in 2021, this year, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's allow him to carry our burdens. And let's go running after him and see what he does. I'm going to ask a few questions, and then we're going we're gonna to pray, respond, and sing before we wrap up. A few questions. Number one is this. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Maybe you've been watching, and you don't know the Lord, and you know that nothing else is fulfilling you, and I promise you, Jesus will fulfill all of your deepest desires. If you would confess your sins, repent of your sins, trust in him, be baptized, Give your life to Jesus. I'm going to tell you how you can do that in just a minute. Number two, what do you need to give Jesus more control of in your life? Maybe there's something specific in your life right now. You're like, i got to get rid of this. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's an addiction. Uh, maybe it is something you've been holding on to. Maybe it's something in your mind, your thoughts. Maybe you need to take a next step at Vintage through baptism. Or maybe uh, check out a V group or a V team or go to our next Connect track at the end of uh, January, you need to step deeper into the life of the church because you know that you need community. 
What do you need to give Jesus more control of in your life? Open your hands to him. And then number three, as we begin 2021, how do you need to change your perspective to believe and live? Believe and live like Jesus' ways are best. And this is tough, but this is our challenge as we begin this year. We need to expose any lack of trust that we have in God, ask Him to meet us in that struggle, ask Him to grow our faith, to light a fire within us, to live for Him, and to share Him with the world. We need to trust that God is good even when life seems crazy and ask Jesus to carry our burdens from heavy to light. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for this time to gather, to worship. And Father, we just ask that you would meet us in our struggle. We've talked about heaviness, bringing our heaviness to you, our burdens to you, coming to you, taking from you, and then trusting you. And as we do these things, we know that you meet us where we are, you walk with us, and the heavy things of life begin to feel lighter because you are walking with us every step of the way as we just surrender control to you. So God, as we respond and sing and then kick off this year, I just pray, God, that you give us joy, expectation for what you want to do, peace. Just do a mighty work in our lives, Jesus, as we live for you in 2021. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.